Well, welcome everybody to another Skillful Teaching interview, and it is my pleasure to be talking with Deborah Colway this morning. And Deborah is um, a longtime uh, master teacher. Well, I don't know if that's what she calls herself, but that is certainly what I would describe her as. Um, and Deborah and I had the pleasure of meeting this past summer in Boulder, Colorado. She teaches at the Pilates Center there with Amy Taylor Uppers and um, her sister Rachel, and has done so since uh, what 1991, Deborah? That's right. Yeah. So, um, just a pleasure to be talking with you, and thank you so much for spending some time with me. Um, when I was visiting this summer, you and I had a really lovely um, encounter and conversation around um, some of the things that I've been thinking about and writing about via skillful teaching, um, and particularly around mentoring and apprenticeship and, and teaching teachers, which I was just really um, inspired by and, and enjoyed so much. So this, I hope, will be a continuation of that conversation. Um, and before we jump in, I wanted to just give everybody a little bit of background, and please correct me if um, anything is not accurate. But Deborah right. um, has a long-time history as a dancer and a performer and graduated from the Tisch School in New York and moved to Boulder and began her study of Pilates and and the way that you learned Pilates, as I understand it, Deborah, was by apprenticing with somebody, right? It wasn't there wasn't like a formal training program like we might enter into now, um, and and then we, you went on to to apprentice with Eve Gentry, and then to do some work with Michelle Larson, and and then um, into the Pilates Center, and then of course you've been such a pivotal asset to them. Um, for for many many years, so uh, it feels like you are, you know, you're just in such a, a wonderful place in terms of your history with the work and with watching teachers be trained and and learning um, to to have some of the insights that we've we were talking about in terms of what you know what teachers need and what skills we can nurture and what's maybe not being nurtured by some of our our programming these days kind of across the board in our Pilates profession. So um, I'm, I'm really excited. I, I think where I'd like to start is to just kind of get your um, general impression about how you feel you benefited from your path, how your path to Pilates unfolded and how you learned and how you kind of moved through your career um, and what that was like for you in terms of these apprenticeship relationships. And, and perhaps we can just use that as our jumping off point. All right. Well, I feel particularly fortunate um, regarding the time, the timing of my um, being exposed or introduced to Pilates. Ironically, uh, the entire time that I lived in New York City and was dancing, I didn't actually practice Pilates, mm -hmm. and it wasn't until I moved out here to Colorado and was working in a gym that I got the opportunity to to learn about Pilates firsthand, and it was through the, the owner of the gym that I was working at. He had a personal relationship with Stefan Fries, who had grown up in, in, in the Boulder area, mm -hmm. or at least had, as, a, as a young man. And had the um, Stefan studio out in Beverly Hills. And it was just one of those moments when uh, the man that I was working for at the gym said to me, hey, you know, uh, I know this guy who teaches this stuff. And you probably <laughs> like it because you're a dancer. And I said, well, what stuff is that? And he said, well, it's Pilates. And, of course, I'd heard of Pilates but for various reasons, had never gone to study when I was in New York. And it was in that moment, you know, there I was teaching aerobics and conditioning to try to support myself as a dancer. Because when I moved out here, I was still dancing. And I had cooking jobs and, you know, all kinds of various jobs. But I thought in that moment, oh, my goodness, I am going to learn this. Mm -hmm. I had no idea what I was saying, but I, <laughs> I just had that feeling. And I went on to try to encourage um, the gentleman who owned the gym to invite Stefan to Boulder and meet 
and see if he would train me. And that is eventually what happened. Mm -hmm. I don't know how much of the story you want, but it was uh, essentially myself and one other woman. And we, we had a very personal, close, one-on-one training. Mm -hmm. And then, and And, yeah. yeah. And then how did that evolve from there? I mean, what was that experience Uh, like for you in terms of, you know, learning this body of work and then, um, right, right. Well, the body of work that I learned from Stefan was not what we might call classical Pilates today. And I think we affectionately called it West Coast Pilates. Um, <laughs> Stefan uh, taught us only on the Reformer, uh-huh. which was popular back then. People outside of New York weren't really doing the mat work uh, very much, as far as I could tell. I was naive at that point. You know, I didn't, I only knew what I had been exposed to. Um, And the work that I was taught was very much, I think, also influenced by the times. Mm -hmm. Um, As a matter of fact, Stefan told me that one of his first studios, he had to walk through Richard Simmons' studio (laughs) to get to his place in the back. So you're looking at a culture of, you know, a lot of, uh, aerobics and leg warmers, Jane Fonda, Richard <laughs> Simmons, <laughs> and the whole Hollywood scene mm-hmm. of fitness and beauty, um, Pilates to the stars, etc. And Stefan was a part of that. And um, but really, I think more to the point, what you're asking me is is why was that relationship special, and how did that influence me? Which mm-hmm. is that it that he was teaching us the work. We would have lessons every morning for a few hours, and basically he taught us the repertoire that he that he did. But then we spent the afternoons, it was myself and this one other young woman, working with each other. We yeah. spent hours just yeah. trying to reiterate for ourselves and practice what we had learned. We took copious notes, um, and so it was intense in that way, mm-hmm. and we had to spend a lot of time figuring it out for ourselves Mm -hmm. and then going back day after day and asking him questions and trying to get clarification. Mm -hmm. Um, At the end of the month apprenticeship, we opened our studio in the gym. And at that point, uh, we, Stefan left. And again, there's a long kind of funny story here, which I don't think I'll go into right now, (laughs) but ultimately I left the gym and and was on my own, and it was really clear to me that there was there was more to know. And so at that point, I went to New York and um, had lessons with Romana. Mm-hmm. And it was again. I think I'm just so lucky that the time when I began all this was prior to a lot of the the legality and the, right. you know, the other things that have come down the pike, there were no big teacher training programs. So I went to New York. I was a little nervous to admit to her that I already was teaching. So I didn't, <laughs> I, you know, I just said, I've been introduced to Pilates and I've been doing it out in Colorado and I would love to learn from you. She was incredibly generous with me. She took me in the back office and showed me photos and told me stories and, mm you know, went on and on about the benefits of Pilates, the health benefits, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And then invited me to just spend as much time as I could in the studio, mm. both having lessons and just watching her teach. Mm-hmm. And I stayed for about a week. And then, as I said, I didn't want to tell her this, but I had to leave because I had to go back to work because <laughs> I did have clients. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, I think if I could have stayed longer, that would have been really great um but but you see I I I was very welcomed she was extremely generous with me she was holding nothing back Mm -hmm. she answered all my questions she showed me around you know and then uh I think the next thing that happened relative to my training was that I found the Pilates uh book by Philip Friedman in in a used bookstore the uh, Pilates method of physical and mental conditioning, mm-hmm. and I, I brought that book home, and I just sat on my living room floor and taught myself the mat work out of that book. Uh-huh. So this, in a way, you could think is horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> 
But there was nobody in Boulder doing that. Everything was on the reformer. It was clearly not what Romana had taught me. So, you know, I I got it. I, I realized I had to I had to do more training and so I taught myself the mat work out of the book. Had my two little reformers in a back bedroom. Mm. And then uh the next thing that I think happened for me was um you know, it's hard to, to get the chronology exactly right. I know I went back and forth to New York several times. Um, and at one point, and I'm not sure if this was before I met Eve or not, um, I had a friend here in Boulder who was a dancer who was good friends with Bruce King. Uh-huh. And have you heard of him? Yes, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So he was um, not a young man at that point. Right. We're, we're in the middle 80s now, and he was still alive, living in New York City. And through her, I I invited him to come to Boulder, and he did uh, a little workshop in my home studio. <laughs> and uh, again, I realized, wow, there's a whole lot more here. I don't know. That was just really fun. And uh, soon after that is probably, uh, I think I think it was 1987 was when I met Eve, and that was at St. Francis Memorial Hospital. I got wind of a conference that was happening there and it was the opening of the dance medicine wing Uh of the physical therapy um, section at St. Francis Memorial Hospital. Uh Mm -hmm. And it was um, the orthopedic surgeon James Garrick was the guy who who sort of spearheaded that. Mm -hmm. And um, Patrice Whiteside and Elizabeth Larkham, Mm -hmm. you might know all this. Yeah. yeah, okay, so they're the two women who basically were responsible for starting this dance medicine area. And uh, that conference, or that opening of this new wing at the hospital, was where I met Eve. Mm-hmm. A lot of the Fletcher people were there, Diana, Diane Severino and, and Michael, you know, they were there. Ron didn't come. I believe Kathy was there, and it was there that I met Eve. Mm-hmm. And uh, the story that a lot of people have heard me tell is they've taken workshops. Just <laughs> there she was. I witnessed her doing what we now know as side imprinting with Mariana Amacarella. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, who has a scoliosis, I watched this woman's body transform under the gentle guidance of Eve's fingers, her words, her intention. It was very clear to me that there was something very powerful going on that mm. I did not have access to, but I was bound and determined to learn that. And <laughs> I had been teaching, you know, I've been teaching since, since high school. Honestly, I, one of the things that, again, is my story is that I'm, essentially self-taught in many areas Mm -hmm. and the training programs that I've done have been sort of after years and years of teaching and I'm very happy that I've done all the training that I've done but I sort of mucked my way through a lot of my initial years including teaching modern dance when I was in high school Mm -hmm. uh having barely done any of it myself Mm -hmm. um so I was not afraid to teach. I think I had a natural gift for teaching, a good eye. Uh, when I, and I understood the body somewhat. When I saw Eve work, I thought this is there's something else very powerful going on here mm. regarding um, being, being mm. with another human being and their body and yeah. communication yeah. and energy, and that's what I want. Yeah. And I, I didn't even really have great words for it at the time. Mm-hmm. But I was pretty shook up. Yeah. <laughs> and I went back to Boulder and, you know, put my people back on the reformer and fixed their feet and aligned their ankles and everything. But I thought, oh, I've got I've to figure this out. And, again, I'm not sure how much to go on here. But it was within that next year that I just sort of got the courage to communicate with Eve. I wrote her a letter. I asked if she could come to Boulder and work with me. Again, you know, 
I had no idea, you know, appropriate protocol or whatever. I just thought, well, I don't know. So I wrote her a letter, and and she wrote me back a lovely letter saying, um, this was probably late in 1988, maybe at this point, saying that she wasn't really that well Mm. and couldn't come, but she would send her assistant, her lovely assistant. (laughs) And that was how I met Michelle. Uh So I invited Shelly out. She stayed in my home and did lessons and and taught a workshop, which was equally as impressive. Mm-hmm. I it was phenomenal because I got to witness Michelle do privates in my home studio, and again there was this thing they did that was not like anything I had ever learned, mm. which was to you know look at people, ask them some questions, and then it was clear that they. Started to do something, and mm-hmm. and things changed. And it, there wasn't a lot of form that was recognizable. There wasn't a lot of obvious order of events. Mm-hmm. But every single time, the person left more whole, mm-hmm. more happy. Mm-hmm. I want to go back for just a second too to uh, say that one of the most powerful things that I got to do with Stefan, besides just the the daily, um, you know, access to him. Mm-hmm. I think he he trusted me. He saw some potential there and was willing to go beyond his kind of typical wall. You know how some teachers, maybe it's a little old school, I'm not sure, um, they don't really want to tell you everything. everything. Mm-hmm. You know, they sort of want to keep a little bit so that you always have to go back to them, you know, and that's another conversation to have around, uh, you know, what I believe is not, you know, how I believe mm-hmm. to be as a teacher mm-hmm. in terms of what you give. But um, we did some amazing sessions together, just the two of us, two teachers, one person. Mm-hmm. And just that, uh, that's, it's an energetic thing and it's a trust, but the, we would both be working with one person a lot with their posture, their habits. Again, it wasn't so much just put them on the reformer and take them through their paces, mm-hmm. but actually like put our hands on them. Right. And between the two of us feel deeply into that person's structure. And, uh, I don't know, those are the moments that, you know, I remember that really, really have, fueled me and kept me, kept me going. Mm-hmm. And that obviously doesn't happen too many times in large teacher training programs or anything of the sort. So again, I was very lucky. All of these people that I got to learn from, I, um, I worked with Jillian Hessel way back when, mm-hmm. you know, I, I went East, I went West. I was here in Colorado and Sometimes I would go out to California and sometimes I would go to New York mm-hmm. just to try and fill in the gaps in my education. Right. Um, I I was at, I had the really great fortune to be at the workshop that's now, I think, a pretty well-known DVD of Corolla teaching at, uh, it was, I think, actually, Marie-Jose and uh, Quentin Giuseppe's studio. Mm-hmm. But Jillian was her her support, her, her assistant. Mm-hmm. And that was amazing too. Yeah. Um, so I had access to, to Corolla, to Jillian. And again, only for me, only the, my experience was always just the most generous from everybody. Yeah. Really wanting to share. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I need to stop and have you guide me a little here. <laughs> I don't just go. I want to make yeah. sure I'm I'm answering your question. No, yeah, just... I think it's um, the things that are coming to me as I listen to you, and I I I'm I'm thinking about you know my greatest intention with the skillful teaching project and just how I'm I kind of see um, my own contributions unfolding revolve around this idea of richness in the teaching life, right? And, and how we, 
how we can uh, arrive at that place in in any given moment in our path or or many different given moments um, that take us beyond what is just the clinical um, technician kind of driven part of what I feel like Pilates has become. And it's very interesting to me um, to just watch and see that in some ways it has, it, it's a necessity, right? It has become a necessity that our teacher training programs are, are um, extremely formatted, calculated, um, often modular, and for the, just for the for the ease of like accessibility for people, correct. Um, and mm-hmm. and I I support that, and of course I see the need for that, and I I value what that offers. And yet, mm-hmm. my own personal experience is that there is so much more to our teaching path um, than that. And not to say that you know in the beginning. When we we make the decision, uh, we fall into it, or we make it consciously, you know, to become a teacher. That there's a lot of room for that, in, you know, in the beginning. But I I do think you know because it's an evolu- it's an ev- it's an evolution, obviously. But I do think that there is something more that we can bring to incoming teachers that sets them on a different course than just becoming technicians, which is, of course, what I'm seeing so much of. It, it just feels, you know, if it just feels lacking or shallow or, you know, like missing the point kind of. And and that I don't think that shows up for a lot of people until, you know, years down the line where they're like, well, what, something's missing here. Something's not, you know, there's no heart, there's no soul, there's no connection so listening to your story, you know, it's, it's, it's just a sweet and beautiful story. And what it, and what it just brings up for me is that the opportunity, because this formatted framework was kind of missing, you know, back then there was an opportunity for you to go out and explore and to reach out and, um, you know, again, as you've mentioned, and, and Amy talked about this too, when we, we chatted a few months ago, just the, you know, that the timing was so perfect and, and people were yeah. so open to sharing and exploring. And it was all just kind of like wanting to get, you know, wanting to get as many people to know about this, you know, system of movement as possible, but that there's something about the way you had to go about learning that added so much, um, you know, so much heart to it, right? So, you know, the impetus, you know, starting from your own impetus and then, and then kind of burgeoning out to how you reached out to different teachers and explored both kind of the East Coast style and the West Coast style and were able to see the value in both and to merge them both. Um, I think, you know, there's something in that that makes the work very real and very human, which, um, which just seems like that's, you know, that's, that's often where I feel like we are falling short these days in, in training teachers, you know, that it takes an exceptionally, um, conscientious teacher trainer to be talking about the kinds of things that you were naturally exposed to by these people. Right. Um, and so that, that to I me think is, it ha- yeah, I was just going to say, I think it has everything to do with the intention. And sometimes people aren't even that clear about why are they getting into it in the first place? Mm-hmm. And I Again, maybe there was this initial, uh, it it became clear to me quickly that I wasn't going to make a living as a dancer. (laughs) And I was really done with restaurant work. Um, And the work in the gyms, you know, again, it was the timing. So the fitness industry was growing. I mean, I was teaching aerobics. I had no right to be teaching aerobics. (laughs) Uh, You know, years later, a bunch of us got together and said, boy, if if we were being hired today, 
none of us would be getting hired, you know, knowing <laughs> right. what we just made it all up and, uh-huh. you know, played cool music. Uh-huh. Um, because, and, you know, did sort of went to dance choreography, you know. But uh, the, the thing that I want to say is one of the most powerful things that Eve said all the time to me and I try to say to my students and remind them constantly to be asking oneself, why are you doing this? Right. Mm-hmm. Why is it that you think you want to be a Pilates instructor? Right. What does it mean to you? And beyond just a Pilates instructor, mm-hmm. why do you want to get up every day and and be that intimate with other people and their bodies and their psyches mm-hmm. you know, that really get clear for yourself if, if that's um, if that's really what you want to do and, and and to keep redefining and questioning and contemplating what does that mean? Yeah. yeah. Why are you doing this? Because I believe truly so many people, I mean, I've heard hundreds of people now as we have our Friday night openings every time we have a teacher training at the Pilates Center. We go around and, and people introduce themselves. And again, over the years, it's very interesting the, the populations of students changes. Mm-hmm. You know, for a while it was a lot of ex-dancers, you know, and then a lot of people trying to get out of the corporate world. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, then other body workers. or You know, it's very different and interesting over the years who, who shows up. Um, but, uh, you know, across the board, you have people saying, it changed my life and I want to give that back. Right. And that is beautiful and admirable and doesn't necessarily mean that you should be a blind <laughs> Right. <laughs> oh, so for true. me, you know, what was missing in a way was more structure. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar? Uh, I know that you know you st- you study Buddhism, and, and I know that you have a relationship with Naropa. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with the concept of heaven, earth, and man? Uh-huh. So you know, heaven heaven principle is vision. Earth is practicality, and the man or the human is um, is how it's communicated. Mm-hmm. So, putting these things together so that we can successfully communicate whatever that is that we, you know, we're needing to get across mm-hmm. in, in any area of life, whether it's a painting, you know, or a training program mm-hmm. or a business. Right. It's always about, it's all about relationship and communication, right? Right. If you really think about mm-hmm. it, which is why I think you're so drawn to that, that program at Europa. <laughs> um, but anyway, so... All of us as humans have, uh, you know, we're more developed in one area or another, energetically, personality-wise, etc. And so, you know, my style was always much more of the vision, a little less earth, right. a little less practicality. Uh-huh. So it was natural for me to just kind of go off and think, I can do this. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas another kind of person would feel scared and and very much need a strong, strong structure with a lot of support right. to even feel that they had, the, you know, to get the confidence to start. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think that the, the, the programs, I really agree with what you said, and I couldn't say it better. The programs hold a very important place. I... Um, and there are different kinds of people who want to get, who want and need to get educated in different ways. I, I do feel that. Well, I hope that there is always going to be the desire uh, for the one-on-one communication mm-hmm. and the ability for people to get mentored, for them to get seen directly right. as who they are, right? And that somebody can cultivate cultivate their best. Um, and maybe that does come later. You know, maybe it is it is a function of going through a program first, kind of cutting your teeth for a while, mm-hmm. teaching, and then actually uh, 
figuring out each person figuring out where they fit in and and what what they now need to enrich their experience so that they continue to have more to offer right well i think you know part of um i i wrote a book last november called moving beyond technique and one of the one of the things that spurred that the writing of that book which was not actually intended to be a book but rather you know just a a kind of an essay kind of thing which turned into something else but was the question that many many years after i had done my initial training i mean 10 12 years um nora st john uh you know who runs the balanced body faculty program asked a group of us what kind of teacher do you want to be it was the very first time that i had been asked or consciously contemplated that question and and i think it reiterates what you were saying that you are constantly asking your, you know, your teachers in training. And it was just such a, I mean, it seems so obvious. It seems so simple. And yet I don't think that consciously I had ever either been asked that question or, or I had really explored that question for myself. And I feel like one of the things that we can do in, from the very beginning you know, from the outset, even before, you know, I don't know exactly how the process works for you guys, but for us, you know, there's, there's a, a very, um, thoughtful consideration process in terms of who we, you know, ex allow kind of into our studio to do, uh, you know, to go through the program with us. And, and often in the initial conversations, uh, I'm starting to explore that idea and maybe not quite so, specifically, but to look at like, what is the motivation now, which of course our motivations change over time, but to begin to get people to ask themselves those more intimate personal questions about motivation, um, to just, to gauge, you know, to allow them to see what, why are they coming to this and what, you know, what is it that they hope to get out of this and what's their, you know, just what is driving them from the moment they begin. And I feel like that, that is so important um, for us to be doing with our, with our teachers that are coming in, even in this very small way that sets them up for a much more thoughtful approach to, you know, how they move forward than if it's just never, you know, never, ever talked about. And it's, only ever just about the framework and the and the technique and the repertoire and the details which as you said and I agree you know in the beginning I, I do think that that's the appropriate place to start I mean we need to know the rules right it's like with writing they always say you know you know you need to know the rules in order to break them and I, I feel like that's you know that's it's important for us to really know where the work comes from and what the intention is and, and what it's meant to be. And, but, but it also feels like with this one simple question, this one simple asking, we can begin to cultivate much more thoughtful teachers. Um, and then, you know, and then that sets them on a path to, you know, hopefully continue to ask this question, as you said, and, and continue to, explore what it what it means to them to stand up in front of a student or a class you know every single day and to me it feels like an opportunity also to help them steer through the challenges right of overwhelm and and just you know the the kind of sheer volume of material that they have to learn and then learn how to articulate back and developing their touch and their eye and all of these things. So, um, it's just a, it's a very interesting time, I think, to look at how can we infuse the way our teacher trainings are now kind of being developed with this more, what I would think of as a more rich, more intimate kind of intrapersonal um, you know, component of, of what it means, at least to me, to be a teacher. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I want to 
break in right now and just there's two there's two very specific aspects that I I want to get in here Mm -hmm. um and I'm not you know I don't I don't know what to really do about this except just keep trying in our own ways the two parts there's that one is um this aspect of self exploration Mm-hmm. and practicing on one's own. And one of the differences nowadays is that so many people come to these training programs with very already engaged and extremely busy lives. Mm-hmm. We're getting more um, adult, you know, adults as opposed to just young people wanting to explore something for a potential right. job or mm-hmm. career. People with families, a lot of the people coming into the training program this is not their first training, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And again, uh, one of the things that is so impo- has been so important to me, and of course you can't force people to do this, but I believe in it because it's it's been what has uh, nourished me and taught me so much is this aspect of spending time alone, not just going through a workout, but literally exploring movement. Mm -hmm. And um, again, you know, because of my background, which is very eclectic, uh, I was a modern dancer, I was a choreographer, did a lot of composition, improvisation, explored movement, plus um, my background includes a lot of other movement modalities that that are, again, based on a lot of time spent alone exploring Mm -hmm. and then playing with movement. Uh, I, I think that, you know, when you have a tight structure and the goal is pass the test, learn the repertoire, et cetera, that is, that's missing. Mm -hmm. And I just think it's invaluable. And, um, this is not to say that people, Oh, let's see, how can I say this? People always say, well, you know, can I still teach if I can't do the hybrid? Right, you know, right. Whatever. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, yes, of course. And and life changes and, you know, you have injuries and babies and all kinds of things. And, and your body goes through many different phases, things that used to be easier no longer or et cetera. Mm-hmm. But the exploration and the, the embodiment piece um, only happens when people are willing to go inside themselves for answers. Mm-hmm. And so again, what are we promoting? This is a huge question. What is the? What are we modeling when we have programs that are so highly structured and everything is written down? And are we helping teach people or encourage people? to do their own exploration. That's one thing. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is with so much more going online, Uh which again, kind of, this is how you were saying, you weren't even saying that. You were just talking about the structure of teacher training programs and the necessity of all of that and why it is for the, um, you know, the convenience and everything. Well, now we're even going so far as let them just watch the lectures alone at home, right? you know, because they have two little children and they can't afford to travel to where the training program is happening. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like, how far do we go to accommodate people? Um, I'm not, you know, period. How far do we go? <laughs> and, um, you know, there's always, there's always value. So, you know, I was thinking the first time that I ever really got on a deep personal level, an appreciation for online courses was, um, I have a niece who's a special needs uh, student, a special needs young woman. And being in a typical classroom often was completely overwhelming for her and not at all successful. Mm-hmm. And she, though, could write on the computer. I mean, I, I don't want to take your time really talking about this, but that was profound and helped me appreciate something that I wouldn't have understood. Right. Um, so I, I'm all for utilizing the technology that we have, all that we have, you know, we as a, a society obviously have 
grown and changed and clearly, you know, as much as we say, you know, we appreciate the history, the legacy, the lineage, every, you know, the, the elders are all now leaving us. And so there's a lot of talk all the time about the legacies and the heritages and, yeah. you know, all of that. But it is not the way it was. And we all must change and grow and be flexible in that way. But when you talk about this concept of mentoring and passing things on, you know, what, what, what is it? What are we doing? And so, again, I, I'm going to be very curious to see how, how this goes now that so much is available online. Yeah. And, um, and, and so much is market-driven. Mm-hmm. You know, like I think I heard you say that you're still in a, in a, in a, you still feel and take you take it on that you only take so many people into your training program at a time, and that you um, that you can maintain that kind of standard and communication in that way. We used to have uh, many years ago, sort of what we called a pre-cert program, mm-hmm. and. It was particularly for people who sort of thought, ooh, I like this Pilates stuff. I think I would like to teach it, but honestly had no real experience. And it was, you know, important that they, that they came in and they got a taste of our studio and what it would be like to work with us as teachers and, right. and really what the heck is Pilates anyway. Right. And that was, yeah, I forget how many weeks that was, and we sort of organized it a bit loosely for them so that they actually experienced it. Yeah. And then, and then, okay, ask the question again, is this really something I want to teach, or do I just want to do this to enrich my own life? Right. Um, but, again, uh, you know, so much is market-driven. So much is uh, having to do with keeping the studio open, keeping things... Because if if we can't afford to keep the studio and the training programs going, right. then we're off too. I mean, right. we, and we mm-hmm. don't have the vehicle to to serve. Right. Mm-hmm. So these are tough. You know, these are tough questions, and there isn't one way. I think what you and I have in common is a you know we have a longing and a commitment to working to keep some of this what I would call the mentorship or the apprenticeship aspect mm-hmm. alive. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking now, I mean, you're talking about online education and, and I would agree with you that, it, you know, for me too, in the beginning, it felt like, well, you can't, you, you know, you can't learn this. You can't learn this through your computer or by not being in the room with your teacher. And, and now of course, finding, you know, very much value in, in a lot of, of what's being offered online. But to me, it feels like it takes constant diligence for us to, to decide what the recipe is, right? So if there's a, if there's, you know, the program is going online and there's an opportunity now for people to, um, you know, do the lectures in their home, which is just, you know, how awesome is that? I mean, it gives us an opportunity to share the work and spread, you know, to spread it further. And that's all very exciting. And, and yet as we venture into those kinds of avenues, can we, or for me, it feels like I am, my integrity is based on if I do that, I must also provide, you know, I must also be looking at how to, to incorporate the richness of that one-on-one communication and that, that one-on-one exploration, or as you have mentioned, you know, the, that kind of private intimate exploration for yourself. So I think it just becomes a recipe, right? And we, we have to see how much of, how much of this kind of distance learning to, to add in and then how do we balance that with these other aspects of, of what's really, you know, also important, all the hands-on work and the exploration and the question and answer and that dynamic that happens between, you know, a, a student and a teacher and the relationship that's nurtured and, 
you know, it's it to down to the subtleties of just being in the room with somebody and being affected by, you know, you were talking early on about just like the, the, the energy exchange, right. And the, just the kind of alignment that happens when you're sitting in a room with somebody and watching them, you know, teach or explore or ask the student questions or to just see what arises, you know, it's, there's something so different about that, that, that is powerful. And, and I feel like, you know, we can't, we can't negate that, right, for convenience, no. but, but it, is, it is about finding, you know, just finding the recipe that works for us in terms of our own intention and integrity, and then each teacher has to make a decision about what works for them. And you mentioned this earlier in terms of, you know, some people needing much more structure and framework and some people needing much more uh, of a loose kind of exploratory uh, learning environment and so it's just, you know, it's very interesting as the community and our profession continue to evolve, you know, how do we, which actually then just leads me to the next, or maybe, you know, kind of the, the, the final piece is what do you do? You know, what do you do in, in your program? I mean, you specifically, like what are the ways in which you try to bring you know, create your own recipe. I mean, I have, uh, you know, through skillful teaching and through reaching out to teachers like yourself and Amy and, and kind of exploring all of this and trying to gather resources. And this is, this is one way for that I have, you know, made an attempt to find a recipe that, that develops well-balanced teachers. So in the studio, outside of the studio, convenience, you know, it, you know, accessibility and yet still, you know, an, an, an opportunity for intimate exploration, whether it's one-on-one conversations or, you know, an opportunity for a, a, a burgeoning teacher to just ask their questions and feel safe in asking right. their questions. So, so the question just becomes, you know, what, what are you doing that you feel like is, right. is really working? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, when I met you this summer, uh, timing is always so interesting to me, and, and that's come up several several times in our conversation too. Um, I I am literally at a phase or a, another one of those moments or crossroads where I feel like, given what is happening, I am. I don't I don't think the word forced. I'm not being forced, but I'm being. It's giving me a real opportunity to yet again decide how do I want to spend my time and my energy and really what do I have to offer. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, you know, I had cancer last year mm. and that uh, provided a large opportunity for some deep contemplation about life and what is important, etc. And, um, you know, again, as the teacher training program goes more online or as I have less time, less of my job now might be teaching the structured teacher training program, Mm -hmm. then I think, all right, so that it's not like, it doesn't feel like anything is being taken away. It's actually like, okay, now there's this space to be with people in this other way. And what, I, what I'm what i not getting clear to you yet is that <laughs> I have been finding now for the last several years that I, I actually try to teach too much mm-hmm. in the basic teacher training program. Sure. And mm-hmm. that it's um, because I, I want to share so much. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I don't, I'm not saying like, oh my God, I feel so old and I don't have much time left. But it's the stuff that excites me and and the stuff that is powerful to me, you know, I find that I want to share it. And and it's clear to me that, you know, in that basic level teacher training program, it really is too much. Mm -hmm. And so they get overwhelmed and then I get frustrated, you know, because it's like, no, no. So 
Um, lately, I've been giving a lot of thought to this mentor concept. And I also am very committed to not letting the teacher, the teacher that one can become, the teacher that I got to be based on my, based on my apprenticeship with Eve Gentry, but it's tricky because it's so much more than just the specifics of what she taught me. Right. It was being, again, here we are, it was being with her. Mm -hmm. She was elderly. She was not that strong anymore. And literally watching how the life that she had led and the things that she had done brought her to that place. And I was in my early 30s then, so I was sort of like, all right, pay attention, Deborah. Like, even now, if I'm in my late 50s. So it's like, where do I want to be when I'm 83? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Or what is it that, what kind of energy am I putting out now and what do I want to be manifesting What as a teacher, as a person? So I'm very, very much looking to recreate uh, an avenue for people to use me more as a mentor. Mm-hmm. And I don't have the structure yet. I haven't figured it out yet. Right. I, I, I love that kind of open thing. And I also love sharing the, how I learned to teach from Eve. And I, it's just, it's so healing and it's so easy and simple in a way and Mm -hmm. less technical. Mm -hmm. Um, And the, so that is as we speak in a way of answering your question. So you also asked me though, what's working for me now? Um, I have to reinvent myself all the time based on who shows up in the studio. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the things that I do that sometimes works and sometimes is a little too tiring and so I have to watch out is I really do spend time on the phone with my long distance trainees. We get a lot of people coming, you know, from various parts of the country and they'll do a test or I'll watch, I'll watch them teach online mm-hmm. and I can sit there and take, and take notes. But what I feel is really valuable is to actually just be able to talk to them. So I do, I encourage them to call me after I've sent, I sent them their notes. They get to read what I wrote. Maybe they go back and look at their DVD and compare what I said with what they did. And, mm-hmm. you know, so it's, it doesn't happen all the time, but I have a, often pretty long conversations with people on the phone. And then there's people in other countries that I've allowed quite a lot of back and forth on the email. And sometimes I, you know, sometimes I could kick myself for inviting <laughs> that. But uh-huh. I also, uh, but I also feel like, well, what the heck? I mean, that's what I signed up for, right. you know? Um, so I, I do that and I, and I feel good about it. And I know that the students get an awful lot out of that interaction. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, it's not that often, you know, that I have these long back and forth on the email and mm-hmm. stuff. But, um, and then in terms of being in the studio, of course, it's much easier if, People are local, and they have the continuity. Um, I very much appreciate being able to watch them develop and then being able to actually recall for them right. what, what they've come through and where they've gone. I feel it's very important to um, acknowledge the, the steps and the progress and not just like, oh, you can do swan on the box now and you never used to be able to do that right <laughs> and that's because you know you your feet are this or your lower back or blah 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 uh-huh. it's not just that but like who are you now that you can what did that do and and also sort of like there's this one young woman i'm thinking of in particular i remember when she first started with us very bright um but no but very bright and the kind of person who just would hardly let you finish speaking before they had another question mm-hmm. and just pushing, pushing and not, not so much defensive, but like not a lot of space, you know, mm-hmm. really couldn't just was so eager, so hungry, but you kind of wanted to say, okay, just be quiet <laughs> and like maybe go practice a little. And she has changed. And it's just literally because she's put the time into being with all of us at the studio 
she does a lot of self-practice, and then the questions she comes back with are thoughtful in that way. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's just delightful because you, you never know when you first meet somebody. They might irritate you. You might think, oh, brother. <laughs> you, okay, so what works is the commitment to stick through with this person. Yeah. And again, I don't, not everybody agrees with me. Um, again, the different people at our studio have different styles of working with students. Um, I'm fascinated by people and what makes them tick. Mm-hmm. Even, even sometimes more than I'm fascinated by how the body works, although I don't really separate it out. Uh-huh. Um, I, myself, when I started to practice Pilates, was very clear very quickly that this was way more than just an athletic endeavor. Mm-hmm. And that has always been what I have wanted to bring bring to to people. Yeah. By doing Pilates. I am I am, you know, very appreciative of the the therapeutic aspect, like literally the strengthening and the balancing of the structure. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, especially now at my age I've had so many things happen to me and I fell off my bike yet again yesterday. I've fallen mm-hmm. off my bike three times in the past mm-hmm. month and wondering what's going on with that. But, um, you know, so I do appreciate all of that. Uh, but it's the deeper, this is, you know, this is my ongoing question. And I, and I appreciate you so much because I appreciate that you heard that in me and that you wanted to talk to me about it. And maybe on the side, you know, you and I can continue to, be, you know, have a relationship and, and talk and support each other. I mean, that's the other thing. Yeah. Ironically, you bring up Nora. Um, I've been trying to get her on the phone now for a couple of months, and, and she just emailed me yesterday and said she might be able to talk this afternoon. I want to do something with her. Yeah. I want to do something because I know that she's gone through, she's done a lot of Zen meditation. I bumped up, I bumped into her at a Shambhala program this summer, uh-huh. you know, I had no idea that she was involved in any of that. Uh-huh. And um, I guess, too, I, this isn't really what you asked me. You asked me what works for me now in terms of myself as a teacher, but I'm very interested in collaboration. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, again, is painful for me sometimes, personally, because everybody's so dang busy. Yeah, right. But I, I am very interested in, in, in collaboration. I really... I want to be with people in this exploration as much as I am in my own personal exploration. Well, I think that's, you know, I mean, in terms of, I mean, it's very exciting to me and I feel, you know, I feel so much the same way and, and that we do, we, we really do those of us who have are like-minded and, and even just those of us who have lots of different ideas about how to enrich and progress you know, what we're doing, it's so mm-hmm. exciting to feel like we can reach out to each other and begin to craft new, new elements or to reintegrate old elements that will again, kind of make this recipe whole. And it is very exciting. And, um, you know, I just think, yeah, there's so much potential for that. Um, there was something when you were talking that, um, I was going to come back to, and now of course I can't remember what it, what it was. Um, you were talking about collaboration and Nora. Oh, I just think, you know, what, what feels exciting to me about so much of what you're saying is that we, we do have this kind of, as teachers, this well, okay, so often what I ask, you know, the different teachers that I'm I'm talking with and interviewing is, you know, a piece of advice that they would give. And, uh, and I feel like without having answered that question specifically, you know, you've really answered that question. And, and what I hear is that, you know, there is an opportunity for for teachers who are developing and we all really are. So, you know, it's, it's kind of a, um, perhaps 
a mandate for all of us, but to seek out those people, and it doesn't have to be one person, that we feel connected to, right? So you're talking about yeah. the kind of teacher that you are and, and the, you know, the intention that you hold and what feels important to you. And of course it resonates with me so deeply. It feels like then the advice or the mandate to, to other teachers, no matter where they are, but particularly for young teachers, I think to be supported and encouraged in seeking out those people who there is just a connection, right? There is something, as you saw in Eve, you know, there is something that they can see and find in, in another teacher and then express that via their commitment, you know, and being in the studio with them and, and just learning from them. And even if, you know, I mean, just my own experience of that this summer being in this in the studio with you and with Amy and all of the wonderful teachers there at the Pilates Center was such a rich experience. And I feel like that was an intentional choice and just being there, right? Like just spending time in the space, even though it really only happened over the course of about two weeks, was, I mean, I just, I'm constantly just noticing how the connections and the richness are, are arriving for me and continue to kind of be bubbling up and making new connections. That that for me feels like, even though you haven't said this is the advice I would give, I feel like what I'm gleaming is this is, this is you know, this is an important piece that we encourage our yeah. teachers to take on. Yep. We all need support to grow and learn and we need and everyone wants it's very tender in a way you mm-hmm. know we're, we're we're tough we're strong we get up every day and do what needs to be done you know and <laughs> there is something that maybe a lot of people don't talk about which is the the tender underbelly mm-hmm. <laughs> Of us as human beings, we 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 desperately long to be witnessed, yeah, and seen for who we are. And then, if we feel that, and we feel the support, then we can let down our defenses, and then we can learn and grow. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's the whole mentor teacher thing. Yeah. Um. So we hope to. We hope to to give that and to be there for people in that way. Yeah, yeah, it's so wonderful, and and mm-hmm. it's just such a so lovely to talk with you. And I I really look forward to future conversations and and definitely you know collaboration. I think it's just it's an exciting yeah. time, and we do have lots of opportunities to reach out to teachers from all over the place and and to craft our own offering. You know. Yes. Yes. And people yep. will want it or not, and that's just always that's the way exactly it goes. That's exactly right. <laughs> and to just yeah, and to know that, and and uh, whatever comes up, here's my advice: whatever <laughs> comes up, don't take it personally. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think too, you know, being fueled by something deeper that resonates from within us and our own experience and. There, there becomes, I don't know, for me at least in the last several years, just something so compelling about about reaching out in this way that, you know, that always, that's what keeps me attending to this, right, to these qualities, to this intention. And, you know, and sometimes it's received abundantly well and generously and, and people are so excited about it. And sometimes it's just as if I've dropped a stone in a, an empty well, <laughs> and, you know, and it, it's, it's fascinating to see that and, and watch that oscillation and yet still feel compelled to share and create and, and continue forward on, you know, what now has kind of become my own, you know, path to creating a, a, a unique offering. It's like, yeah, you, you can't take it personally. You have to be you have to be dedicated to it for its own sake. 
So in any case, um, it's been wonderful to talk with you and, and I do truly look forward to more and hopefully, you know, down the road we can find opportunities for you to participate in, in the skillful teaching, um, community more actively, you know, whether that's via video or, or more, you know, conversations or whatever that is, or meeting in person again, all of those things would be so lovely. Thank you. I, I, I hope, I hope so. And I, I wish you all the best with your, uh, upcoming new baby. Yeah. That's going to take your attention, you know, yes. and your energy. Yeah. yeah. I really, I, I'm very, very happy to spend this time with you and I, and I do appreciate your seeking me out a lot. So yeah, thank you. Yeah. You're very welcome. Well, it was fantastic. And, um, I wish you well, and hopefully we'll just be in touch very soon. Okay, thank you so much. All right, thanks, Deborah. 